We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is with Giancarlo Nava and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas. And with me today, I have my co-founder and producer, Mr. Brian Goins. I have Hot Take Harry, Mr. Harrison Citron. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, and yourself? Doing great. Uh, it's some Fruity Pebbles before the show. I'm ready to go. Brian, how are you? It's lit. Uh, and special guest, Mr. Tom D'Angelo from the Palm Beach Post. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing great. Thank you for coming on the program. And for you, it must be great because you're following the footsteps, perhaps the smallest shoes to fill in Jason Leisure's. <laughs> Jason did a great job on the Heat. Did a great job on uh, University of Florida, the Heat, now uh, now covering the Dolphins. And uh, But I must say, it was it's probably about, about five or six or maybe even more beat writers removed where Jason actually has followed me because... <laughs> Way back about 20 years ago, I was the beat writer for the Palm Beach Post for the Miami Heat in the early years of Pat Riley. And since we've had, and since they have never been able to replace me, they've gone through about six or seven beat writers, and here I am back. <laughs> You're back. They realize the mistake that they made taking you off the beat, that you were the best man for the job. And you have uh, Anthony it, 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 yeah, it's, a, it's the longest tenure. I think it, it, it breaks a record for the longest tenure, between, for the longest time between between uh, covering a beat and any one beat, because the last time I covered them as a full-time beat was 1999, 1998-99 season. So that was quite a long time before I, before I got back on it full-time. But, I, kept in t- I, but I, I still kept on top of it, and I helped out a lot of guys uh, and, and a couple of women in between that, um, that have covered the beat. So I've, uh, I've been a part of it. But yeah, Anthony and I now, 
share the beat, and uh, it's it's a it's a pretty exciting time, despite what uh, some people might think with the record. It's it's been uh, it's been a lot of fun covering this team. Tom, this is Brian. Uh, I have a really quick question. What was it okay. like covering a beat back in 1999 without Twitter? I'll tell you what. It, it, <laughs> it's question. night and day. It's, it's not even people ask me that all the time. We talk about that all the time. My first five years covering the beat, my five, six years covering the beat back then were Pat Riley's first five years. So it was a pretty big beat. And I mean, there was a lot of national interest, uh, not on the scale of the national, uh, national interest we saw four or five years ago. But again, that, like you said, that's all social media. It was, um, the the workload was, I I look at it and I, and I think, how do I do it now? Because back then you go to work during the day, you try to find a story, write a notebook and you know what? You didn't have to do it. You'd have to write it till later on in the day because it was, you know, there was no internet. (laughs) There was no, there was, there was, there was nothing else to write for, but the newspaper. Now the newspaper is the, is the last thing you're writing for. Yes. It's the least important thing. Uh, now you're getting everything out on Twitter, on Facebook, up on the blog, on the web before they even think about putting it in the newspaper. Quite a, it, it is, it is, uh, it's not even close to how different, uh, quite a change from covering a beat 20, 25 years ago. So you got here in, in the beginning of Riley's tenure. Like, what was that mm-hmm. like in Miami? Cause that must've been, cause this, I mean, now we could talk about how it's, I mean, but I don't want to say basketball town, but. It's more of a right. basketball town, and I'm sure when he got here, everything changed. Well, prior to 1995, the Heat were a, a total afterthought. I mean, they, they were, you know, the, uh, the Dolphins, actually the Marlins hadn't started yet. The, the, the Panthers hadn't started yet. But, I mean, the University of Miami football ruled South Florida, and that was the Dolphins, and that was the University of Miami. Um, and the Heat was still in their, really in their infancy. I mean, they... they 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 have been about six uh, seven or eight years since they had started the franchise. They had I think made the playoffs one time under Kevin Lockery, and you know there was all kinds of things going on, coaching changes, starting with Ronnie, and then going to Lockery, and then you know going to Alvin Gentry, and then all of a sudden I mean, Alvin Gentry you know, was a, I, was a head coach here. Alvin Alvin Gentry is the answer to the uh, trivia question. Alvin Gentry is the coach that preceded Pat Riley. I did wow, well, I didn't Alvin, know that. Yes, uh, 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 Kevin Lockley got fired. Alvin Gentry was uh, on his staff and elevated to the basically, really, the interim, but he was the head coach for that final year uh, before Mickey. You know, so so what basically what changed the entire franchise is Mickey Arison took you know took over control from his dad, and uh, you know you know Ted Arison was one of the co-owners, and Mickey Arison takes control, and Mickey Arison you know goes out and gets Pat Riley. And that, and that everything changed. I mean, you know, then that, that whole regime, that whole, you know, Mickey, Mickey took over for the, the, uh, the Billy Cunningham and, and, um, and, uh, Louis Chaffel, uh, were part owners at the time. And, you know, they're gone, uh, that, you know, Kevin Lockery and Alvin are gone. Dave, Dave Wool comes in as, 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 uh, Pat's general manager and, uh, Pat takes over. And from that point on, from 1995 on, um, that that was the start of this becoming really, when you look at it, one of the more successful franchises. I mean, in in, in the NBA with the with the championships they've won since that point, and how how since Pat Riley got here, the minute he got here and put his put his imprint on this organization, this became a legitimate, viable, and a championship contender from day one. 
Tom, did my age show that I did not know that Alvin Gentry was a coach yeah. for the Heat? I mean, I'm top 24. Yeah. Woof! Woof! <laughs> yeah, You're like, I'm like, Alvin Gentry? The Phoenix guy? <laughs> now, uh... <laughs> we have Phoenix, um, Detroit. Uh, he's been a head coach in a lot of different places. Detroit, I Phoenix. Know. I just, um, yeah, he's good. New, New, right New, New Orleans coach. now. Yeah, was a, was an assistant for the Warriors when they won the title a couple years ago. But, uh, yeah, Alvin, Alvin's a great guy. And, uh, I really enjoyed covering him at, at uh, most of our time. Most of that, his time here was as an assistant coach for Kevin Walker. But, um, but he, yeah, that he had, he got his first head coaching experience in uh, with the Miami Heat, and is the uh, the answer to the trivia question of who, who coached the Heat before Pat Riley. Nice, nice. So our uh, our colleague Leif was wanted me to ask you because he couldn't come on today. He wanted me to ask you about the perception about Riley before and after he won, right? So 2006, they finally win. But was there was there a perception shift of his post-championship or was kind of this... I mean, because he, what what he is now is kind of this almost... De- like, he's like a deity, like a basketball deity kind of, right? And, and right. it's because of the... But was that like that before he won here or was it just always like that? No, I think it was always like that because obviously before he got here, he he had won. He had you know he had won with the Lakers and built the Lakers. He had gone to the Knicks and got that team to the finals where they they lost to the Rockets. Um, and then the other, and then before he actually won a title here, I, I mean the, the, he he built this team. The only thing that kept them from getting to the NBA Finals one year was Michael Jordan. I mean he he came here and he immediately just. He, he does what what Pat Riley does. He he you know he he tore down a team and built it up and built it up into a contender. That you know the first he wasn't here uh, what three months before he acquired Alonzo Mourning, and then that same year the trade deadline he he makes the trade that it, that, that that brings in Tim Hardaway. Uh, so he you know people knew what Pat was all about. People uh, Pat had that reputation. Pat was uh, you know Pat was well respected in, in the NBA and basketball circles before two thousand six. Um, it's just that that first, um, that first team just was blocked by Michael Jordan. You know, that, that first, that, uh, no, I mean, of course that was anchored by, <laughs> by, yeah, by, Alonzo by Michael Jordan. <laughs> and, and he knew, and, and, and no one knew that better than Pat Riley because his Knicks team was in the same situation. Um, but then he got the breakthrough, but, you know, but then he, he, he did what he does. He, he you know, he, that, that team, uh, kind of, uh, Kind of got torn down. I guess I, they just kind of rebuilt that team, retooled that team. Alonzo, um, uh, Tim Hardaway retired. Tim Hardaway kind of faded and went to Indiana, and uh, and they brought in the then they, they he rebuilds with Eddie Jones and Brian Grant and and Lamar Odom and and Karan Butler drafts Dwayne Wade, and then that team is kind of dismantled when he trades most of that team to get Shaq, and finally. He gets Shaq and he brings in all those pieces and he and he wins his first championship. But now, but before them, uh, people knew what Pat Riley was about and, and uh, he was uh, he was at that point at that point in 2006. Though you do make a point, that's when he started. To, you know, remember that Sports Illustrated cover? There was a Pat Riley and Don Shula were on the cover, and the, the Dolphins were starting to hit. You know, kind of hit the skids a little bit. Um, he was kind of taking over, and he, he was taking over this town as the preeminent, you know, builder of franchises and, and, and executive in the way he was getting that heat, you know, moving that heat team to the top. So let's move to more modern topics, because uh, we have a current season that's going on right now. And Harrison, mm-hmm. I want to get you in on this, because we talked about this a little last show. 
I know you weren't on, and we were playing with the market value of Goran and Hassan because a lot of people, especially on Twitter, we don't want to get rid of Goran because he's fun and he, you know, he's good and he's having, but he's having a, like, I mean, not a career year, uh, but he's playing really well. So we were talking last very show, well. very, very well. So Harrison, we we're talking last show about who would you rather move, him or Hassan? Because I was saying Hassan will probably net you more value. And Goran's more of a win now kind of guy. Yeah, you mean the show you're making fun of me the whole time? Oh man! So Tom Harrison wore this awful shirt to this heat event, and we made fun of him for 45 minutes. It was great. Yeah, well, I, I take it they didn't take, put a picture of this shirt on Twitter. Oh yeah. Oh no, know. we did. We did. We'll tag you. We'll tag you. It's great. No, it, it's absolutely <laughs> tremendous. Okay. It was him next yeah. to Justice Winslow and Tyler Johnson, and he looked yeah, like they. And they living... look miserable. Harrison, can you talk about that? Why did you wear that shirt? We'll, we'll step uh, up the shirt in a second. Like, did you did you think that was a nice shirt when you picked it out? I I have like I have a decent amount of shirts in my closet, but I don't I don't go to the dry cleaner that often. So I was kind of down to one of my last shirts, and I didn't think much of it. And yeah, when I sent the photo at the heat event, it seemed to be uh, overwhelming majority that it was like an incredibly ugly shirt, along with like wrinkled pants and <laughs> wrinkled pants are the best. That uh, <laughs> yeah, that did, that did me in. So can you defend yourself? Is there anything to defend or is, or no? Um, I thought some of the comments were mean. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily. <laughs> well, yeah, it's Twitter. I mean, I, I didn't think it was. I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. Like I can understand. Like it's not the nicest shirt I own, so I, I understood where people were coming from. Someone said I was single-handedly keeping J.C. Penney's open, so that was funny. <laughs> uh, but otherwise, it was fun. The event was fun, and um, I didn't ask you about the event. I just wanted to make fun of your shirt. Okay. Yeah, your- but to, an- to answer your question, um, Goron and Hassan's contracts look better every day, especially with the new CBA. It looks like the caps probably jumping up to about. I saw a figure in like 109 million. So, yeah, I mean they're reasonable contracts. I, I agree with you that you could probably get more for Hassan if you're dangling him. But I, I think that I don't know. I think the Heat are going to see what this team can do when healthy, right? They're I believe they're four and two when James Johnson and Wayne Ellington play together, who have been big role players for the Heat this year. And I think Jason Jackson called them Wayne Ellington. Waning Ellington. Yeah. How do we feel uh, about that, Tom? How do you feel about that? Waning Ellington. What did he call him? He called him Waning Ellington, like raining because he's raining. Raining Ellington. Waning Ellington. I would. Um, I'll say one thing though. They need to. They need to. Uh, Mister Ellington needs to start shooting the ball like he did the first week he came back. Those first few games, he's he's hit a little bit of. He's he's come back a little bit. I mean. I, I was like everybody else. I, I had not seen him play. I didn't cover the NBA last year. I was covering college football, so I didn't know a lot about him. And when he came back and I was on that trip of the West Coast, um, he, I mean, if he can keep that going, the way he shoots the ball, the quick trigger, uh, the instant offense, he, he can he can really be a good part of this bench. But but the last, you know, last week or so, he struggled. I mean, he looks, I, I, was, I was watching him kind of closely the other night. And um, he still, you know, he still looks confident in his shot, and his shots look like they're there. I, I, I there were a couple of them he let go, and I thought for sure they were in three pointers, and they're just missing. So, so maybe he's that close where it's, you know, that that he's just he's a shooter, and he's going to keep shooting, and he's he's going to go through these kind of streaks. 
But if, if he can go through more of them, more so than not, and he could be a, a huge, a huge help to this team. And, and, and yeah, I mean, this, this bench has really come, uh, come together with, with Tyler and, and, and James and Stowe obviously wants to keep those two guys off the bench. They're the two guys who have really, they're the only two guys, it was Hassan who started on the game and go on. But as far as the bench guys, they're the two guys that have been in the same role the entire season. He hasn't messed with them, haven't moved them to starters, hasn't taken away, you know, they've been in that sixth, seventh man role just about the entire season. And, and you know, and if you can get role guys, you can get role guys like, you know, get, get Wayne Ellington in there to, if he comes off and gives you more scoring and, and continues to shoot like he did when he first came, when we first saw him in a heat uniform two, three weeks ago, uh, that's, the, um, he, he, you know, he's a, he'd be, he'd be a huge help. I, I'm just not sure. He's one of those guys. I'm not sure if he's going to be around next year. You, you can look at this roster and kind of so, see right? who you, you know, who's not going to be around. And then there's that group in the middle. Eh, maybe, maybe not. We need to see more. And then there's of course the, the four young guys, you know, who are going to be here. Tom, are you aware what the random scrub heat killer is? Do you, do you know what that? Do you know what that is? Say it again. The random scrub heat killer. Do you know? Have you, are you familiar with that term? Hashtag RSHK. No, no it kind of sounds like the muscle that uh, that that Dion Waiters pulled. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> well, didn't, he pull the rab- didn't he pull the didn't he didn't he pull the rabbit from Hikleya muscle there in his groin? Coral, <laughs> yeah, something something that sounds yeah. like a Harry Potter. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um the random scrub heat killer is a term that heat Twitter coined, uh talking about guys who aren't that good that kill the heat. Okay. Now, Wayne Ellington is a very famous random scrub heat killer. And I got some numbers for you. He's in the Hall of Fame, he's first ballot. Uh Wayne Ellington <laughs> against the Heat has shooting splits around the three-point line of 47%, 75%, and 36% from different parts of the three-point right. Better than Steph Curry. So when he plays I, the I Heat, know. he becomes yeah. a better shooter than Steph Curry. So <laughs> they need to keep him just so that he doesn't have to play them anymore. They, they keep him, yeah, that, as that guy <laughs> that they just, um, you know, that, that, that always us. is inactive. He's, he's always inactive when we're paying you not to play against Exactly. Us. I know, I saw those, those numbers, you're right. When I, when I you know, there are, when he first came back and he was being called the heat killer and we were asking Spo about having, the, you know, having the heat killer now on your side, I was looking up his numbers and it was unbelievable. I looked up some of the games he had and his numbers were kind of skewed. There were some, there were some games that weren't great. But he had some twenty-seven. I think two of his top three. Absurd. I think his career career high was, it was like twenty-eight, and he, and against the Heat, he's had a twenty-five and a twenty-seven. Yeah, two of his top three scores. It was it was unbelievable. Some of the games he, he scares had. us. Harrison, do yeah. you remember playing Wayne Ellington? How scary that was. Yeah, I mean, I, I I honestly I remember we said that we should at least reserve two or three bench spots for real scrub Heat killers every Gary Heat season. Deal. Marcus Thornton. Marcus <laughs> yeah. Thornton's another one. Yeah. He's hard. I mean, you know what's he, he did it with different teams. Yeah, uh, he had. He had. I think he had three twenty-four, twenty-five, three over twenty for sure. And they were all with three different teams against the Heat. Yeah, it's kind of like when the bull, you know, the bull and the bullfighting sees red and gets super like amped up. That's yeah, that's, that's Wayne exactly. Ellington yeah. and Marcus Thornton yeah. and Gary Neal. Oh, Gary. Yeah. I'm still traumatized by that playoff game. I will tell you this, though. The Heat won't win too much if they take all these guys and put them all on one team. <laughs> they can't take all of them. They would if they play like they were playing the Heat. They'd beat, they'd beat the Warriors. <laughs> the Warriors would be terrified of them. 
that's that's the problem. They probably won't play that way for eighty-two games. I'd <laughs> be really maybe winning you, threes. Maybe. <laughs> you, are you proud of that? Not really. No, that was awful. Don't don't, don't steal Jason Jackson's jokes. <laughs> oh, it's Jason Jackson's bad jokes. Um, <laughs> poor Jason Jackson. Uh, what? No, I see. Tom Brian likes playing sounds. I was waiting for your sound. Brian plays sounds, and I hate them. It, we he, Brian wants to be a produced radio show. And I don't want to hear sounds. Well, I guess if we're going to be produced, Brian, uh, can you play? We're, we're going to debut a new segment right now. Brian, do you, want to, do you want to play it so we can share some numbers with Tom? Sure thing. Let's go. When it comes to samples, size matters. Except for this next segment. Let's have some fun with some small, teeny-weeny sample sizes. This is... Small Sample Size Theater, featuring Lake Heights, Duncan or Christian Hernandez, whoever is available. <laughs> well, neither of them are available, and it's me instead. Brian, who, did you write that? That was actually Alf. He gave him the script. Alf wrote that. <laughs> so here we are with I Small like Sample. Yeah, I have a good, I have a good sam- uh, small sample size stat. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, go, go. So, all right, so I read a stat today that... Um, Players, there are four players in the league who are averaging at least 10 points, four rebounds, two assists, a block, and shooting 58% on their true shooting percentages. Those four players are Kevin Durant, uh, Giannis on the Bucks. I don't want to say his last name. Uh, Anthony Davis and James Johnson. Whoa! Yeah. So That's that's totally sustainable. uh, He has been an absolute revelation for the Heat. Uh, he's He's been our best defender. And I even like I even like him playing at the five. I kind of like those lineups. They're they're really interesting, especially defensively. He's kind of playing like a that. he's playing a point center. That's kind of what Zach Lowe yeah. pointed out earlier. So I'm and, and I'll tell you what will help. He has he has been a great he's been a great a great signing, and <clears throat> he's one of those guys like I mentioned before that you could he wants to stay here. If he continues this, he's going to be part of this the future of this team. Uh, you know, and like I said. There's probably a lot of these guys are not going to be here next year. He will be around if he plays like this. Man, he has been, uh, you know, he. Uh, it's funny because at the beginning of the year we were looking at the way Tyler was playing coming off the bench. Say, hey, could he, he be a six man? <laughs> he might have two guys in the six man award voting. Uh, and and, and James, James has been great. And I'll tell you what he what helps. You mentioned him playing center. It, it helps alleviate some of the uh, some of the uh, disposed decisions on when 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 this team is healthy. It's going to be tough for him to tear down this rotation, and you say it's funny to say that on a team that's nine and seventeen. Uh, but it, you know, the, the 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 issue is you just have a lot of guys that have played okay, and it's going to be hard to take. If you take Roddy uh, Roddy Magruder out of the rotation, I think you, I think it's pretty clear that Derek Williams and Luke Babbitt are going to have a tough time getting back in the rotation. Yeah. But if you're able to use Josh uh, James Johnson on the uh, on the floor as a backup center and then you you know that that's going to take minutes away from Willie Reed but it's going to get but it's going to allow him to have James Johnson on the floor a little bit more and I mean and Tom, Tom you could very well you could say it Tom like it's just going to make sure that McBob never sees the floor again Well, I like well, McRobert which is I what, think he's I think he's playing very well No James Johnson at the five kind very of makes well. him obsolete. I take But they could still start think, him I, I, That means Luke Babbitt never has to see the floor. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Luke Babbitt and Derek Williams will, 
played Bye. significant minute, minutes. But, uh, uh, but I, I truly think that this, this show, I mean, they, they want to trade. I, I think they want to trade Nick Roberts. And, uh, and, the, and you can just tell the way they're talking about him. They're pumping him up. They keep, keep, keep him in the starting lineup. Uh, can he help somebody? He might be able to help somebody in the you know, next couple of months. Somebody might decide, you know, we, we can use him. Uh, that would probably be the best thing for them, with, especially with the glut of power forwards uh, and, and with the emergence of James Johnson. Um, I would guess uh, that, that he's probably he's not going to be around long, but it's not because of lack of production. It's because they're going to try to get something for him because there's I, not a lot of these guys, you know, you're going to get something for think- that they're a good shooting guard and a playable power forward at starter away from like being pretty decent because th- th- those are their weakest positions. I guess, mm-hmm. I guess maybe a three man, but if Justice Winslow becomes what you think, but like I'm talking about like a competent, right. like a Dwayne Wade type guy. So like a Dwayne Wade and a Chris Bosch. Yeah, Just like a Dwayne Wade. Oh, you know, <laughs> I didn't even yeah. realize. Yeah, they're yeah. Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh away from being a pretty good basketball team. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's exa- you're exactly right. They're two guys to power forward. I mean, if they had two guys, if they got those two players, whoever they are, and were able to put them into the starting lineup, um, and they were, they were, you know, right up there with, you know, they were really productive players, a good players. Just think, now you have a bench, now you have that starting five, and you have, Josh Richardson and, and Tyler Johnson and James Johnson coming off the bench. Um, you're right. It's, it's a pretty good team. And Goran playing the way he's playing. And Hassan playing the way he's playing. And, you know, and Justice Winslow in the starting lineup, too. That is, you're right. There's no question that's a playoff team in the East. Now, the contend for a title, probably not, depending on who those two are. I mean, but probably not, you know, unless you get two of the better, unless you get one of the best two guys that was power, power, power forward in the league. You know, get Blake Griffin in, uh, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, a twenty-eight-year, uh, a twenty-eight-year-old Dwayne Wade, and yeah, but uh, but uh, you're right. That that, that that's and that's not a long way. When you think of it that way, that's not too far off from being that type of team. No, absolutely not, Tom. I know you got to go soon. Uh, I want to know if you can give us some good Pat Riley stories from back in the day on your way out. Do What's you your any best good one? one to give us? What's your best one? Um, I got a couple. All right, let's I hear them. One of the most uh, one of the most impressionable nights of my career. I've been doing this thirty five years, and one night I will never forget is the first night back in Palm in uh, in um, back in New York when he walked out, and you know we got there uh, we got there to the Pat the Rat headlines and all the day and all the tabloids and everything. Uh, he he walked out of that tunnel, and the booze and the 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 chants and the signs it was surreal and i will never i still see it and this is 1995 i still see he walked out he, took, he was like the godfather he like kisses kisses his hands and raises his hands to the crowd like you know you know like i know you all love me but it, 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 it was <laughs> unbelievable just playing up to that's the way it was and that day it was i remember it was a snowstorm in new york and i was in my hotel and it was um uh the phone rang and I answer the phone, and he goes, uh, "Tom, it's Pat." And I'm thinking, "All right, you know, I, I didn't say anything, which I almost was going to say, you know, hang up, or you know, okay, who, who, you know, who is this? What's the joke?" And it was Pat Riley. And he says, "Hey, I'm just calling the three beat writers because I'm not going to talk to the media before the game because he did, you know, he knew the circus that was awaiting him, 
they were going to get there late. They took a fine because they got there so late. And they took they, they were fined, I think, twenty five thousand dollars because he just didn't want to be the day, that early. A lot more money. Ooh. Yeah, that was almost and, a max and contract. He, he took the fine, and, and he called up, but he called, but but he wanted the three beat writers to to be able to talk to him before the game. So he called each there was a, a paper that Sun sent on the hello. He called each one of us in our rooms, and we each got five or ten minutes with him to talk to him about whatever we needed to talk to him about. For our pregame stuff, because he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to speak pregame. That's Godfather. It was, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. It was amazing. It was so. It was that day is so surreal, and I, I still remember like it was yesterday because it was, it was unbelievable. But you know, but otherwise, I'll, I'll tell you this. And this is tough. And I, like I said, I've been doing this for thirty-five years. I have never, not never, never once have I called Pat Riley. But he did not return my call. Back when I was a beat writer, back now, now I don't. Now, have now that, you're not getting a return. Well, no, now I don't have that need. I have that need to. He's not the head coach, but you know whether it was calling him in his office, whether it was because back then you you talk to these people on the phone a lot more than you do now. And on the road, you'd have to call his room every once in a while and just different things. And and I'd always leave a message, and Pat always got back. It was. It was unbelievable, and, and he treated it, 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 the the perception was that he wasn't this type of guy. To you know the the national perception when he got to New York, they killed him a lot. He treated his beat writer. He he didn't talk to everybody, and he didn't go out of his way to talk to the national writers, which a lot, which is the opposite now because some of these people just all they do is talk to national writers, and you know the local guys kind of get put into the stick. The people travel with them and with them every day, but but it's not good. They want they want the national stage. Pat always took care of his beat writers. He always talked to us first. He always made sure we were taken care of if we needed him before the national before the national media did for the for the five years I covered him. And I I really appreciated that from him because I I know that's not the case for most people. They uh, much rather they will just blow off the local guys so they can have the national stage. So uh, I, I he's, he's one of the favorite. He's one of the more fascinating people I've. I have ever covered it and I've covered a lot of people and I'll leave you. The, the last thing is we knew every year, whether it was, if we're, if we're in Milwaukee, it's the middle of February and there's nothing going on. Pat Riley was going to drop a story on us. He always had something for us that was worth that, that was interesting enough to write, whether he was ripping his team, whether he was whatever, saying something about somebody else. <laughs> he was always good for a story into a, in, you know, and to somebody who's covering a team every day, uh, and you're on that beat, and there's not a lot of players on a bat. You know, covering a basketball team is not like covering a football or baseball team. There aren't as many people to talk to every day. We really appreciated that. The Godfather himself. Thank you very much, Tom, for being on the show. And <laughs> you got to get going. Uh, thank you for your time. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for the stories. Have 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 me back sometime. I enjoyed. We it. will absolutely say hi to Chang for me and tell him to stop being mean to me on Twitter. <laughs> I will take care Tom <laughs> thanks guys take care well, that was Mr. Tom D'Angelo uh, <laughs> well, that, was, that was a doozy huh Brian he likes his words yeah he's a he's a talker um, okay but he has stories I mean he had stories man I'm gonna add uh, Christian I uh, just so, added oh, did you add him already? okay there you go hi Chris I see pens yeah what's up what up man we're just looking at pens. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I still have not been able to figure out why I can't flip the camera on this. That's okay. Uh, don't worry. You sound very good, though. Yeah, you oh. sound great. Your sound quality is on point, dude. Excellent. So how's it been going with uh, you guys? How's this podcast going? 
Tom, Tom no. listen, Tom gave some great stories. He just hijacked the show. And by hijacked the show, I mean he gave seven-minute answers. <laughs> well, were they at least interesting? Well, he told this badass story of Riley just, like, calling the reporters and saying, listen, I'm not going to go to media. I'm going to come late. I'm going to take a fine. Just come over here and just ask me whatever you want. That was kind of cool. See, that's all. I'm sure he had a lot of, like, old school stories, right? Leif like, would have loved it, dude. Leif would have eaten that up. Yeah. I mean, it was a completely different uh, game back then in all kinds of ways. I, I actually, you know, I kind of wanted to make it more conversational, so I stole your segment uh, to try to do small sample theater, but he hijacked it. <laughs> well, clearly he didn't want any part of it. No, yeah, he just, we thought, I don't, what did we talk about? Was it uh, James Johnson yeah. at the five? And, dude, he just, he, that was his cue, and he just took it. So I'm not talking about Josh McRoberts. Yeah, I don't know. We ended up talking about McBob's. I don't know why. Luke Bad would be flopping. McBob's been low-key good. No, not no, he hasn't. Wait, yes, what? Has. No, he has not. What do you mean, no, he hasn't? He's shooting awfully. He's shooting awfully. The That's defense is good. He's rotating. He's moving the ball. Listen, you can't be so bad that like doing a good thing is going out there and getting a rebound. Like any schmuck. No, he do doesn't even do that. He is yeah, awful, man. and Christian, were you the one doing the stats? Like, people are scoring at him at will recently. Yeah, like, the last, I think it was, like, 10 games, like, people are shooting, like, 75%, like, oh, within really? six feet against him, and it's, like, usually he's a lot better than that, so. He was good last year. No, I know. It's, like, it's, like, now that he's found his shooting a little bit, it's, like, oh, you know, I gotta find a way to, to trade this off, so I'm just gonna stop playing defense, or, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Like, defense isn't something that people just, like, turn off. So it's like, and you would think that getting into rhythm offensively would actually help you, like, get more confidence on defense. So I have a hot take. What is? Are you I have a hot I, take. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm allowed. So I think the reason well, I Josh... didn't even get that thought out, and then you completed it. <laughs> I think the reason like, Josh Roberts has been so bad on the Heat is because he doesn't want to be traded. He wants to stay in Miami. He has another year on his contract left. He's going to try to play theory. it out. You know, I got to say, Brian, I'm really starting to love your hot takes. Not just because they're out of left field, but there's usually some basis to them, which makes them perfect. You Why know, else would you want to leave here? It's awesome. Dude, okay, I saw, I never watched Dwayne's Snap Stories anymore, but I randomly saw his the other day, and it was like snowing in Chicago, and he made a quick comment about, stop sending me snaps from Miami, I don't care, or something like that, <laughs> and I cracked up, I cracked up, I'm like, he is suffering, and he's trying to make it seem like it's all good, because, you know, yeah. it's a city, man, like, I totally get it, but. <laughs> I, I saw Chicago, yeah, Chicago this morning was two degrees, and it felt like negative 16, so. Uh... <laughs> he enjoyed it! Dwayne, enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you want to go back to Indiana? <laughs> Who is, is that snickering or crying? I can't even tell what it is. It's all. It's always. It's always crying. Yeah. I miss you. Oh, Ernie Johnson's not doing the the game today. He probably is like not. He probably didn't feel good doing it. I thought he had like a tribute on, ready, but okay, I have it on. Huh? I thought he'd have like a tribute. He did. I mean, I was saying, you guys talked about Sager already, right? No, actually, we haven't. No, we didn't. I, I did it because I, Tom had to go, and I know that would have taken another 10 minutes. Yeah, man, that's, that's really sad. You know, it's so rare, like, someone who's everyone loves. Have you ever heard anyone say anything bad about that dude? No. And, like, this, 
Dr. Jack when Dr. Jack passed. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like just that kind of like personality that just apparently kind of rubbed well with everyone. And like I'm sure Dr. Jack back in his day when he was younger and he was coaching, I'm sure he probably rubbed some people the wrong way, but like still it's it's rare these days to find someone that doesn't have like a a real blemish, I guess, you know. Ernie Johnson would be that. He's pretty much the next guy, I think. That's Ernie? Like that? Yeah. I don't know. I, his Trump speech was stupid. I thought people loved it. <laughs> oh, thank Harry. Hold on, do oh. hey Brian play the imaging? Hold on, wait, Harry. Right. Harrison, do you have enough to rip Ernie Johnson? If you want me to. Yeah. Okay, Brian, play the imaging and let's let Harry rip Ernie Johnson. And now it's time for a new segment we like to call Hot Take Harry. Hot Take Harry. Hot. Harrison Citrin has been waiting all week long, all week long, all week long, to fire up some of his latest spit-firing takes. Spit-firing takes. Takes so strident and cocksure, trident and cocksure, that you don't care if they are both ridiculous and wrong. Ridiculous and wrong. Ridiculous and wrong. Because you love it. Because you love it. Because you love it. It's going to be lit. 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 Go. Okay. Couple words. Did you use the word copulent? What was that word? Cocksure. What does that mean? I have what no does idea. That <laughs> is that a word? Is that actually a word? That's what Alpha and Leif used for their hot take story, so I just stole it. <laughs> Who used okay. it? Alpha Leif. I'm pretty That's sure it was Alpha. Okay, and the other Sorry, thing. Leif. Alf is a wordsmith. You had that set to reverb, I think, like five or six times. <laughs> maybe only like maybe only like two or three. <laughs> I think that would be enough. Just shorten it a little bit. It's like it's way too long. I'll work on it. Okay. It was good though. I honestly, I was cracking. Yeah. Wait till you hear small sample size theater. Oh yeah. Wait. Oh god. I'm gonna. Oh, Oh, we're gonna do that again. Yeah. Anyway, I couldn't couldn't say that James Johnson said I was gonna steal because Tom hijacked the segment. All right, here you go. No, just to just to have a short. I mean, I don't mean to like rip someone who's probably mourning his friend because uh, you know Craig Sager seems like a really good guy, and I I wish him and his family obviously his family the best, but. Man, Ernie Johnson's take on the election was so stupid, and the fact they just like let him sit there and say dumb things uh, on national television. Someone should just cut him off because he was going on and on about how he couldn't vote for either candidate. So he what did he? So he didn't vote. Like he's just a moron. And John Kasich. No, he wrote in John Kasich. Yeah, if you writing in a, like he should have wrote in Harambe because it's the same stupid difference. So <sighs> you know this, this. I don't like. How do you? How do you go? How do you? How are you an actual human being with thoughts? And you're like, oh, both these choices are bad. So you write in someone that has no chance of winning. You should just stay at home, uh, Ernie Johnson. All right? And I, I think he did sorry. stay home. He just wrote it in the ballot. Yeah, I'm sorry that I'm ripping you a month too late. But don't ever go on TV and say dumb like that again. We're done with you. Done. Jeez, I think my skin just melted. God, oh. I just time-coded that. <laughs> Yeah, and Harry's not the one to curse. It's usually Alf. Wait, I can't say the S word? No. Oh. I feel I feel like last pod you guys were cursing a lot, especially like when making fun of me. Oh, I missed two of them, I know. Yeah, you missed two. Okay. Alright, I apologize. I didn't I didn't know. It's okay. Okay. Do you have a sports related hot take? Um yeah, I could probably probably no, no, it's okay. no, <laughs> I, I, I just I don't make want one you up right now. Business. No, listen. The the Ernie Johnson take was hot. That okay, was that, dude, I'm still I'm sweating over it. Freaking hot, hot, fire, hot. dude. Yeah. Yes. Hot. Hot. Sports, I don't, I'm not, like, 
Yeah, you the, went the, after somebody that's so lovable. You went after you went into politics. You just delved into all kinds of areas that are just kind of like you know. Yeah, the sports hot takes are a little rough this year. I mean, between uh, you know the the Heat are fine, but it's hard to get like really emotionally riled up because you kind of know what you're getting into. The Dolphin takes are, you know, they're always the same. The Panthers stink, and yeah, that's it. I mean, there's really not a lot going on, unfortunately. Down All right, here. why don't we why don't we give the people what they want? Have we done trade talk? No, we tried. We, we tried. Tom hijacked it. Really? You guys tried all and it, like what was? It? Were they at least relevant to the topics? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, Wayne Ellington. He was really nice. He seemed like a really nice dude. He seemed like someone's nice grandpa. He's not bad. Okay, well, what, something I want to talk about that I feel like is not being talked about enough, like everybody keeps talking about Goron being traded. Who do you think is the next most likely person to be traded other than him? Um, and dude, really, you think they would trade Winslow? Yep, I think Riley doesn't like you No, know, I think it's Wayne Ellington. Yeah, Wayne. see, I'm thinking along the lines of Wayne Ellington, Dion Waiters type player yeah, but it's because, like a short well, contract like i mean Dion could be traded but i don't know who would want him the way he's played this year wayne is a guy who like came out shooting well and has obviously his numbers have come back because that's more of where he is as a shooter in his career but he's a guy who you got the team option for next year so that has value uh he's been very good coming off screens and shooting the ball he's in the best shape of his career uh, that's a guy you could probably, I mean, I'm not sure what, maybe you could pick up a second round pick for him or something, but yeah, if they decided to sell, they could. Plus Wayne, if you want to talk about, I mean, we obviously made fun of my style on Tuesday. Wayne Ellington was looking like super stylish. He was like, he looked good. I should have just copied what he wore, but I'm pretty sure you can't pull it off. I could not have pulled it off. He looked good. He had the glasses. He looked very, like very <laughs> sleek, very stylish. Did anyone see that Photoshop that they photoshopped uh, Justice Winslow on your body and you yeah. on Justice and you look equally as ridiculous? And that was <laughs> at Brass Jazz. Yes. Yeah, your work. Yeah, and then and then Dose was like, not only does he not have style, but he can't shoot now. So it was <laughs> it was funny. And then the they they uh, somebody he photoshopped anime sucks on Tyler's bicep. That was the best. That was the, that was. That was the small touch that you have to really yeah. focus to find. Those are the it's best like, little it's nuggets. His, it's his calling card. I mean, that, that's <laughs> what makes. That's when you go from good to great. Right. We were talking about trades. What else? What else you got, Chris? Um. Well, that see my. my <laughs> hold on, wait a second. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what to talk about because I kind of want to go to small sample theater, but I don't want to smush the segments too much together. So I just I threw it. To, I threw okay, an well, anchor. Uh, I have no, no problem going to uh, small sample theater. Am I supposed to have things ready for this? You tweeted out uh, a James. Yeah, Dyson I mean, I got I tweet all the time that I could just bring up right now because nobody really reads that. I time snap this, Brian. What what does time snap this mean? That means uh, he has to write down the time in which you curse so he can bleep it out later. Oh damn! Okay, my bad. Yeah, that was my first one, right? You did two in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is such a show. Thanks, I should Bob. just bleep that just for fun. <laughs> you should. We should have just like a therapy moment. We all just for ten seconds just scream every curse word that comes into our mind. We cut it out and we move on. You want to do that? And then Brian puts a long beep. 
Yeah, just like two seconds too late, too. Yeah, yeah. You ready? You ready? We're going to do it for like a couple seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. F- What's the song? <laughs> I hate you guys. Oh, God. My girlfriend's calling me. I shouldn't answer. Yeah, you should. How about you answer on air? No, you don't want to hear this, right? I don't know. Depends. You what are you going to say? This might be illegal, actually. I mean, Harrison, you're a lawyer. <laughs> Harrison, Harrison, is legal? To answer a phone? To have it recorded. Yeah, if he's telling me that she killed her friend, like, that could be a serious problem, you know? Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, would, so, like, you know if, she, yeah, if she's not giving you permission out. to record her, then yeah. But the laws are, I mean, I don't even know the Florida law, because California, you know, they had that California issue with uh, Donald Sterling, so. You can't record, like, an interview without someone's consent. Yeah, you usually need consent before you're in, uh, recording people. Ryan, you want to fire up the small sample theater sound? I hate you right now, so maybe... Maybe I won't. You're the best, babe. Life partner. I oh, know, Chris. Do you guys cuddle after the podcast? It sounds like you need like a, you know, de-stressing moment. If they live closer, they would. That's true. You're a little no, that far was away. A greatest, that was the greatest decision in my life was to move to Orlando. <laughs> Just get away. Mm-hmm. He left as far from me as possible. What is that noise? It's like a tapping noise. Has oh, like that's, me. That's, me. that's me clicking. How do you think I get these stats ready, man? It's a loud <laughs> click. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm, I got a, such a good one right here. Let's do this. I'm ready. I'm locked right, in. Player right. imaging! All right, you convinced me. When it comes to samples, size matters. Except for this next segment. Let's have some fun with some small... Teeny weeny sample sizes. This is Small Sample Size Theatre, featuring Lake Heights, Duncan, or Christian Hernandez, whoever is available. I like that. It's open ended. You can use it whenever. Doesn't matter who's on, as long as it's me or Nikias. I use it. <laughs> what do you got? Okay, so. And I guess my favorite thing now is that, you know, we're getting about a quarter of the way into the season, a little past quarter way. So these samples are not necessarily so small anymore. So it's significant when you see things like James Johnson is still leading the league in defensive field goal percentage, which is the field goal percentage that the person that that he's guarding shoots. He's holding uh, opponents to 32.5% from the field on almost 10 attempts a game. And honestly, I was not surprised at all when I first saw that a few weeks ago because every time I watch him, he is literally smothering someone. Every single shot, he is closing out with a hand in the air. Um, I am proud to say that James Johnson is officially a heat lifer. Hashtag heat lifer. Woo! Uh, hot, hot. But he's been dope. And the craziest thing, too, is that for people who are defending at least eight uh Google attempts a game. Three of the top five players in the league are on the Miami Heat. Do we want to guess who the other two are? Tyler Johnson. No. Thank God. I know. You must be thrilled. <laughs> That's so happy. Ask, wait, ask the question again, Christian. Okay, so James Johnson's leading the league in basically stopping people from scoring. But yeah. three of the top five people in defensive field goal percentage are on the Miami Heat. 
Who are the other two? So it's Whiteside. Nope. It's not Whiteside either. No, I mean, Whiteside is higher because he's constantly defending around the rim, which are always going to be higher percentage shots. So usually these type of players tend to be like the best wing defenders. You said a minimum of eight attempts? Minimum eight attempts a game. Hmm. Uh, it's funny, he's a lot higher than you think. No, but no. I, know, I know Dion Waiters is one of them. That is correct. Dion Waiters is third in the NBA, holding opponents to 37%. And, win- and Winslow, like, no, Winslow's having a bad year. Yeah, Winslow's having a rough year. Who's the other wing player? Josh Richardson? There it is. Josh Richardson is holding In opponents to 37.5% from the field. That's 6.5% what they lower than what they usually shoot. In so your face, I, I, I still don't think Richardson's a good defender. The angles he takes and the... He's just not. He's not. At least he's not a smart. No, and it was actually. It was funny. I was. I was paying attention to him at the game last night, and what he does is that, like, he stares down who he's guarding. But when doing that, it kind of makes his awareness for team defense a little bit, you know, deficient. So like, he's not the best reacting to screens, like, and he's not the best knowing when he needs to rotate. So he's still trying to get like the finer points down, but like. When he's like locked on to somebody and he needs to stop him, he usually puts up a very good effort. And so I do understand why Alf gets frustrated. But that's going to help them in a playoff run because that's a lot of times in isolation when the clock is running down, that's kind of the guy you want. Right, exactly. I mean, and that's why, like, you know, I, I do want to see how Dion looks when he comes back because right before he got hurt, he was playing noticeably better. He was finishing up the rim better, which, you know, early in the season, he was doing some historically bad shooting around the rim. Like, and you figured it was eventually going to improve a little bit, and it has. And his defense, he has been just as big a pest as James Johnson. He just doesn't have James' size. But I would love to see what those two could do on the court together more often now that Winslow goes back and you could have guys like Richardson out there as well. Like that... And Hassan, right. I mean, do, but then I've kind of already said what's the giant elephant in the room, haven't I? Do you re- do we really want uh, Dion back on the court? Because him uh, being injured has led to Goran playing better, being more aggressive. And, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not that excited. That kind of gets us back into trade talk because, I mean, <laughs> you're build- right Goran, Goran's right. building his, his value up right now all we need is one team that's like somewhat like playoff contentious to lose like their point guard or something and that's it that was so, memphis that was memphis and that was yeah Mem- I look look how they're doing without him i think they're they've gone what like seven and one since he got hurt or something yeah. like that and now he's yeah they're, back. Fifth, they're fifth in the west uh and conley should be coming back david Fisdale, man that heat culture he took that heat culture over to memphis look at that shit. yeah now we know what a memphis grizzly player I looks like <laughs> <laughs> this, what happened? Did he curse again? Yeah, he cursed again. Right. Oh, oh me? Damn it! <laughs> can I not say? You can the say damn word. You can say damn it. You can say ass. You can say. Oh, okay. That's about it. Can bitch. we say bitch? Yeah, you can say bitch. But bitch. Really? Why can't we say the s word? Are you for wait? Real? So I can say bitch, but I can't say the s word. Yeah, Man, I'm following SCC rules. Huh. Hey, That's Christian, you're a bitch, dude. Thanks, man. Hey, do you guys know any good Chinese places? I gotta get some food for my girlfriend, man. She's been not feeling well the last couple of days. Um, but my, you're in my you're in Miami, right? Like where? Yeah. Are you? 
Komodo, uh, like Komodo. Edgewater, like next to Winwood. Komodo, Komodo, and Brickle. That's good. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Oh. I'll I'll yelp something for you. We'll we'll all get Christian's girlfriend Chinese food. Yeah. Okay. The Christian's girlfriend. We're, we're gonna help you out here. What are we talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, we were talking about well, we were talking about who are the defensive leaders on the Heat, oh, and you know, you know, I want to talk about Dion's role. So, like, I do think Dion has a role. I just don't think it's the role he wants to play. And if Spo can get him to buy in, uh, which is kind of hard because it's Dion Waiters, but as kind of a secondary ball handler, you kind of like he, he needs to be an off the ball guy. But again, I don't know, I don't know how easily you can teach that, and because how bad his finishing has been, and I don't think his shooting has been much better. So. You're kind of in a you know, precarious situation. Yeah, the can thing, we, will he come off the bench? Because obviously a bench roll is going to be better for him. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, he was pretty good off the bench in preseason, so why couldn't he just do that again? I mean, I, I want him to be the ball handler off the bench. That's what I want him to be. be you know what wouldn't be bad, Chris? If they have him be the guy off the bench and just completely slow the game down. Minimum possessions, burn time until Goran gets back and they could take him out. Like, just have him there to be an inefficient, time-wasting ball handler that plays defense, you put in a defensive lineup, and you buy time. I mean, that's certainly one way to look at it. Um, I mean, he'll pound I mean, the ball it, up top for 15 seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a strategy. Yeah, just pound the ball for the first, like, 14 seconds of the shot clock and then kind of see what you can get. But, I mean, I, if there's only one complaint I have about Dion is that, yeah, he's not a great finisher by any means. Uh, he's gotten a little better, but he's still not great at all. And but one thing he has shown is that he can be a really good passer. I wish he had like he had like a scoring passing tuner, and I could just scoot it a little bit more towards the passing side because when he does pass, he's actually very good. He doesn't make a lot of dumb passes, and he can he find he has some very crisp good passes out to the to the uh, to the corner threes, and that's really what you want like in this system. So. I think he can definitely play a good role, but it's all a matter of how much he can tone back his own inner Dionness. <laughs> if he could build yeah, the best second unit lineup, what would you guys put like with Dion? <sighs> Probably him, Tyler, um, JJ, JJ, Willie Reed, Winslow, uh, and Winslow. That's good. No, you you keep Jane Johnson at the five because that's been good. Which, by the way, something oh, that yeah. Chris didn't mention in the small sample theater, and he did tweet this out earlier at CCH one one two five. If you don't follow him, in Miami's last two wins, James Johnson has played thirty minutes at the five, and the Heat have outscored opponents thirty three to twenty three in seventeen minutes. So that's been a that's been a delightful surprise. Yeah, thirty possessions in seventeen minutes. But yeah, so basically, it's it's only happened in the last couple games. Um, and it's something I, I'm assuming that Spolstra wanted to try, considering that both McRoberts and Willie Reed, for a stretch there, were really struggling to defend the rim. So it was like when Hassan came out, it was just like free reign. But Willie's actually been a little bit better in his limited minutes lately. Maybe it's the fact that he's only getting a small chance to show what he can do, but he's been more active of late. But I do worry. I just don't think he has like much more of a ceiling. I just think he's a little bit limited of a player. But the JJ5 lineups have a 76 defensive rating? That's crazy. Because that's what you're... When you're when you're putting a guy like JJ at the 5, you can put Winslow at the 4, you can put Tyler up front with Justice and Richardson. And so immediately you've got four 
capable guys that can switch at all times, which is really what the ideal defenses would want. It's just constant switching and never feeling like you're at a huge disadvantage. I'm going to turn on 2K. <laughs> turn on 2K. Hashtag JJ5. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm, I'm all about that, especially when only when Hassan's out, obviously. But I think that's a really good move. I think especially it's like second units. They're not going to be as bad. Like, I think they're going to... I, I honestly think they're going to get to 38 wins. Like, I just... They're too good. They're, they're, there's just enough talent for them to be that good. Oh, my God! Did you, anybody watching the game saw what Jabari Parker just did? No. Just I'm in my room. on three bulls. My God! Yeah, I love, see... I love dunks, man. See, I, Jack, I also don't think that we're capable of tanking that much. Like, that deeply. Like... Our point differential, we're only minus two and a half, which is like right there with all the mediocre teams. It's not like you're not a 76ers or Brooklyn Nets or a Dallas Mavericks that are all like seven, eight points below a game. So, Did you see that graph that was that was cycling around and it was um, like it was teams charted like wins against over 500 teams and win and losses to them or something like that? Right. It was basically figuring out like. It was against uh, your games against teams over 500 and teams under 500. And like, so basically, it was charting if you do well against good teams or not. And the Heat were, they were beating up on the teams they should, and they were losing to the really good teams, which makes sense. So, at least, yeah, it is. And like, the weird, I think one of the weird ones was the Knicks, because I think they were losing to bad teams. And they were actually beating like some good teams that they have a pretty like yeah, friendly was, home schedule. I think the Bulls. Oh, the Bulls? Yeah. yeah, the Bulls are beating good teams and losing to bad teams. Right. Right now, down nine to Milwaukee. There you go. But uh, yeah, it's funny. I thought the East was going to be a little better this year, but I think it might be worse somehow. And I feel bad because I remember we were making fun of George Sedano in the beginning of the year saying how there's no way Orlando's better than Miami. And Orlando's been better than Miami. Not by point differential, but but record wise. This is uh, the first time yeah. uh, this is the first time Sedano's been right about a lot of stuff. He, <laughs> Harrison, Harrison, is that your name, Harrison? He he's uh he's been off for many years. But yeah, I mean he he's allowed to have a couple lucky guesses. That's fine. Ed Clock is right right twice a day. But you know what I wanted to talk about, but uh, Tom would have went on forever, that pe- people are down on the heat because of the the great players that have left over the last few off seasons. But I think besides being Miami, uh, the draw for a free agent to Miami is like this coaching staff that we have. And the fact that guys come here and play really well, like James Johnson was buried on the bench in Toronto for a good Toronto team, right? A team that's, that's been in, in had home court in the playoffs for the last few years. Um, or, you know, Wayne Ellington, who has bounced around his whole career, like, and they come here, they get into great shape, and they play really hard. Uh, that doesn't happen everywhere else. That's not, that's, that's a unique trait to the Heat. Not, it's not uh, an every team thing. Except for Josh no. and Roberts. <laughs> Jeez. Make, make, listen, we also have this weird injury bug because LeBron, LeBron's a voodoo doctor that cursed us. So, you know, we're, work, we're working through a few things. You know, I joke about that, but it's not funny. Everything. We've had every injury since LeBron left. We? It feels like a curse. 
Like, I, it's only been and, a few games, and but F- it feels like Fizdale's it. got it, too. Fizdale brought it to the Grizzlies as well. Is Fizdale going to win a Coach of the Year before Spo? Because he might. Yes. I mean, if the, if the Grizzlies keep up with their... I mean, the funny thing about the Grizzlies is that, yeah, they're like 10 games over, 9 games over 500, but their point differential is, like, right even. So it's like, they're not really killing teams. They're just winning a lot of close ones, so... Yeah, they're, they're best they, they were... Ten, they, what are they now? They, at one point, they were ten and zero in games decided by five points or less. Yeah, I don't, I don't have that on me. That stat should have all stats on me at all times. I wish I had like a belt. Oh no, wait, I found it. Hold on, dude, you're so good at this. <laughs> I think, th- I think this is Christian's best appearance ever. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm having a good day. Okay, yeah, three point games. The Grizzlies are six and zero. The only team in the league that can say that they're that dominant in those the close games. Grizzlies, No, it's the, the Grizzdales or the it's the Grizzdales or the Fizzlies. Those are your two Fizz, choices. The Fizzlies. Wow, because so, the Grizzdales sounds you know like they're they're in a strip club. Has anybody gotten a chance to watch the Raptors this year? Uh, no. A little bit. Like apparently they have a. Like Bomb and all offense. time, yeah, all time offense. I guess in terms of efficiency, they're, they're tied with the Warriors, right? This year, boy, yeah, and it's crazy. I mean, they're eleven and zero in ten point games, which means they've won eleven games by double digits, and they haven't lost any games by double digits. They've clearly been pretty good. I think they might actually be able to contend with Cleveland. It seems that way, right? They're only a half game back of them right now. I think. The weakness to attacking Cleveland is to make Love and Irving a weakness. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to attack Love the way they'd like to, but they certainly can do it with Irving, and they can do a lot of creative things because both of their guards uh, are going to be able to attack him. Well, my thing with first of all, I'm not sure Kyrie really has any weaknesses anymore. His defense was so much better in the playoffs last year than I thought it could be. Uh, I haven't watched him a ton this year, but. You know, once you kind of figure out how to do that kind of thing, it'll always come back when you get in the moment. Like uh, Kevin Love, still, and he, he's he, he's, he's a neutral really defender. Good this year. No, he's he, at, but at, yeah, he's, he's got never a bad gonna, rap. Yeah, he's not the worst. He's really not. But he's, like he's not. Yeah, he's very average. So you he's can like go at a guy like that, but he's not like a sieve either. You know, you could pick. But I mean, you could you could pick on him if you have the talent enough. Like a Chris Bosh could have picked on him. If, yeah. Honestly, I think he's played with LeBron enough where I think he's just improved. Giannis just did a Euro step to a dump pass. Dude, Giannis is going to rule the league. He's Him and Curry are going to team up someday, and it's going to be lights out for everybody. Like, I don't even... And, and Kat. God, they're so good. Do you guys think anyone's moving in the offseason? Like, any players are going elsewhere? Gordon Hayward like needs to come here. You guys laugh at me. No, I mean, you're just, the you're Jazz and the Clippers like, are two teams we got to watch. It's weird. What, what how their seasons end like could determine a lot on who leaves those teams. What did you say, Harrison? I just find it strange. I mean, Hayward's a very nice player. It's just he's weird that he's like, he's the guy what, you like. And he what doesn't he do, do well? What doesn't he do well? He does everything almost at an elite level. He's a great shooter. He can finish. He can dribble. He's a very good defender. He can play the four. He can play the three. 
I mean, what, what, whether you want to admit it or not, he can be an alpha for you. He can, he can. be the guy. Like, if you have the right complementary pieces around him, absolutely. A pasty alpha. And I also think Spo will make him a more efficient player. <laughs> he's the pastiest, pasty pastiest alpha since Larry Bird. So maybe he'd get some sunlight in Miami. Yeah, he probably wants that. Where's he from? Let me check. Where's Gordon Hayward from? He's probably from a nowhere town. Watch him be from, like, California. But I feel alone on this because I feel like nobody has been taught. Like, everyone's like, oh, this free agent is so dry. And I'm like, no, that guy's so good. He's from Indianapolis. Here, Gianni, you'll like this one. I saw earlier today that Gordon Hayward is the second leading scorer in the NBA in the month of December. He's so good. No, like, he does. He's a he's a good rebounder. He's He can pass the ball. I mean, he could do a little. I, I think he's such an underrated guy. Like, he's one of the best players in this. He's probably a top 50 player in the, in the sport. No, Utah looks really good, Definitely. and that's that's all without George Hill. So, and if you pair him with Goran and Hassan, that's a really good core to build from. And then you have Winslow and Jay Rich, and then you have James Johnson, and you add some shooters and a big. You're in business, dude. How old is Gordon Hayward again? Twenty six years old. Oh yeah, so he's right at the perfect age. He's right, and he's, he's he still has a couple years of getting better and, and peak athletic. Like I, I think it's a no brainer. I think the Heat have to go after him as hard as they can. He's kind of the kind. He, he's the he's like a player that they like. He does. He's a player that Spo would love. He does all the Spo stuff. Mm-hmm. They can use him as like a baby LeBron, like a white baby LeBron. <laughs> baby LeBron. Uh, for some reason, I thought you were going to go baby Jesus. I don't know why. Just end the show there, Brian, because we've been looking for a funny way to end it. <laughs> Actually, I had one more fun stat that I found that could give people a reason to be hopeful. All should right, we, let's should go. we go for We're hope? Gonna... Let's go for hope. Okay, let's the last thing said on the show will be Christian stat. Hold on. Richards. I got to find it real quick. <laughs> Buy some time. Buy some time. False hope. I can, I can, I can talk more about Gordon Hayward. So, like, and I know he's. I sent it's you a kind stat. Of a similar, it's kind of a similar model here because he'll be playing with Hassan and he played with uh, Rudy Gobert over there. But I think adding a guy like Goran who can really help his offense can alleviate some of the ball handling. And I just think Spo is such a good offensive and defensive coach. Like we saw, like, and he'll, they'll be able to do some of the stuff that they did with LeBron, like run those cool horn sets where they had the, the forwards and like LeBron be the one setting the picks to the, to the bigs outside. Like, they'll be able to do a lot of that fun stuff that they were able to do with LeBron with Gordon Hayward, obviously to a lesser extent, but they can probably build the best defense in the league with him and Hassan. And, so and you're expecting that... It sounds like you're expecting them to keep Drogic at this point. I, I, I like him a lot, uh, Harrison. I think he's really good on a great contract. And I think that... you got to make the most... I mean, he's not going to be good for the next five, six years, like... And I don't think Riley is going to stay for that long either. So you have to think he's looking to contend in the next couple of years. And All right. And on that note, I will give you the perfect counter to that thought. Let's go. All right. Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, and both the Johnsons now have 46 minutes together on the court this year. And the team is has a plus 15 net rating and is holding teams to 89 points per 100 possessions, which is very, very good. So I'm interested to see more of the, that lineup because... Big Johnsons. 
Big Johnson's man. Plus, I love when we have two Johnsons on the court, baby. Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> you love the double Johnson. Johnson and Johnson. Oh, in fact, last year we had two Johnsons. Are we making too. penis jokes? Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.